Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. We're going to talk about the timing of God. And this is uh, going to be entitled, When He Came, The Timing of God. Luke chapter 2, I have it on the screen today because I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. Um, Some things that God uh, has given me, and it's a little different this year reading the Christmas story. God has already been saying so much of this throughout the service today. uh, Through, uh, It's funny because the message that I didn't get to preach, because we had another moving of the Holy Spirit like this just two weeks ago, and I didn't get to preach. I mean, we're here for that. I got to talk about recognizing in the palm trees. Amen. So you learn about thermostats and palm trees and everything at River of Life. Amen totally different. But that week was going to be uh, how he came. And Pastor Steve said that during the exhortation and talked about how he came, how he chose the humble beginnings. I just see, I love the Holy Spirit, how he just moves in the service. And so uh, that was the week that we didn't get to do that. But this week is about the timing of God. Luke chapter uh, two in the New Living, it, it says the word time, words it a little different, same thing. And it says, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken from Quirinius, was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. That's it. Lord, bless the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. In Jesus' name, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Uh, Something stepped out to me this time about the Christmas story, and that is the word time. Everybody say time. The timing of God. And it's throughout, it's mentioned twice in this passage alone. It's reference to uh, the census that was taken. It just, everything, if you read the story, just happened to take place at the right time for a right purpose. What if a census was happening in America and everybody had to go to your place that you were born, where every airport would be packed, every every travel, the way we travel would be just flooded with people going back here. Very few of us. I mean, we're born in Michigan. We're in Michigan, so I would get the majority. Amen. How many were born outside of Michigan? How many were born out of the country? Amen. God bless you. My wife was born in Germany. Amen. She's a... Sometimes I see that German side in her. Amen. Uh, He'll mess with her. Amen. Amen. So, but at the right time, God brought us together for 26 years, 27 years. Amen. But I wanted to get into the timing of God because I want you to know that something I'm learning is that the timing of God, timing is everything. Timing is everything. Timing is everything in every walk of life, every, everything you look at, comedians, 
uh, it's not about how good of a joke you can tell. They work on the timing of their joke all the time. It's, it's timing. In sports, it's all about timing. A guy can throw a baseball. They'll pay him $80 million to throw a baseball. They'll pay another guy nothing. And the difference is same size ball, the same distance from the pitcher's mound to the batter to the home plate, but the $80 million guy, he's got his timing right. The difference between New England Patriots and the Detroit Lions, I'm going to leave them alone. <laughs> How many times, guys, have we said, man, they just missed the ball. They, they, ju- they just missed. It's timing. Everything is about timing. If you look at it, it's timing. Food that we eat, cooking, everything is about timing. I just sat and meditated on this. I said, man, it is amazing. Some of you like your steak. Well done. Amen. That's a lot of time in there. Some of you are, are medium. You like it pink in the middle. Come on, somebody. Amen. And some of you like it mooing on the plate. God help you in Jesus' name. I, some, but if it comes like that, I got to send it back. And what do you say? Put a little bit more time in the oven. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Or, or on the frying pan. Or timing. Timing is everything. Timing is the difference in our health. Sometimes our health is messed up because of our timing. The heart is not pumping in the correct timing. I mean, just just everything. The stress that we experience in life, most of it can be traced back to timing. Our, Our life is out of rhythm. Something that I've been reading this year is that book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. I've recommended it to everybody just about our church. Our leaders, everyone's been reading it. It's, it's like transforming the church today. Pastors are getting a hold of it, and they're getting a hold of the truth that, that we need to develop a rhythm if we're going to have longevity in ministry. Longevity. Pastors and churches are, are burning out. They're falling off. They're people that are serving God, same thing. They're falling away, and I think a lot of it is because of our timing is not right. Our timing is off. you got to find a rhythm, a rhythm with the Holy Spirit, a time to sit back and sit at the feet of God. Like our worship, our worship was 45 minutes today at Christmas Eve. You know how rare that is for a church? But one thing is priority here, and that is the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's the, now it's time to hear the Word, and I want this Word. The reason why I'm saying all of this is because I want us, and this is something I'm learning to do, is to cooperate with the timing of God. If we can learn to cooperate, hear me, with the timing of God, it can eliminate so much of our emotional disorder and so much problems that we have. You will be, and I will be, an emotional wreck. And when I am totally getting messed up emotionally, it's 99% of the time, it's because of something is off in my timing. Well, I'm glad I came to church today because this one message is something that can transform your life. And when I first became pastor, man, I hit the ground running. I have a fast pace. I'm young, and that usually goes together, ready to go, get it done, get it done. You know, it's time to move on. Sitting down and eating is a waste of time. I, you know, I used to work a, a job similar to UPS. How many's ever had to deal with UPS? They're in and out. Come on, sign up. And well, if you understood, they got 50 deliveries to make before in six hours, you'd understand their timing. So I, I, that has gotten in. Every time I got in the car behind the steering wheel, I'm, I'm like ready to race. I still to this day. That's the anointing. That's why I drive fast. Amen. Don't judge. Melinda said, Eddie, we don't have no deadline, honey, to, to, to deliver no donuts. You're okay, baby. We're going to get... Yeah. It's a challenge. When I put in the GPS and the destination says 25 minutes, how many know that's a challenge? 
I can beat it at 25. 25 to church? I can make it. Someone puts a plate of food in front of my face. How I many know that's a challenge to a man? Come on, somebody. I bet you I can eat all that. Stick to your message, Eddie. Running out of time. Listen. So I got these five things I want you to write down. Hopefully I'll get to them. If not, oh well. Receive them by faith in Jesus' name. But five things that I want to help you. When, I, when we first uh, got this building, I had a dream. God always speaks to me in dreams many times. How many God speaks to you in dreams? That's a gift from God. It's, a, it's all in the Word of God. And I had a dream. Everyone's different. God communicates in different ways to different people. And to me, it's in the dream. And in the message, it may not make a whole lot of sense. This one's very obvious, though. But I had a dream. I was downtown Detroit. It looked like I was standing in front of the train station down there that they're in the middle of redoing, which is awesome. I love downtown. Downtown is Detroit is is one of our favorite places to go and just hang out. I'm going to go down there ice skating pretty soon at Campus Marshes. I, I encourage you to go downtown. It's, it's awesome to support Detroit. Come on, somebody. It's not all bad. Now, you know, you want to go and exploring the neighborhoods? I, that's up to you. But downtown, we need to help support downtown. No, amen. I'm telling you, it's not all that bad. You'll be surprised. Ain't nobody going to chase you out of there. Anyway, I was downtown at the train station in this dream, standing in front of that massive building. How many know where the train station is? And... Um, this and someone said, Eddie, you got to fix this up. You got to restore this building. And I said, There's no way I can do this. And I remember standing there looking there. And I looked over to my left, and there was this young man. I knew he was an angel. He was dressed in white. It was, it was bright. And he was a young man. Usually angels in my dreams, they've been older. This was a young man. And he was, I knew he was strong. And I knew he was a worker. I just, he was a builder. And uh, I looked at him. And all of a sudden, he said, it, He said, This is going to get done. And he flew up. And he stood in midair, and he's just standing over the building, and he lifted his hands, and it was like something supersonic came. Now, i got an imagination. Amen. It's a dream. Amen. It came out of his hands, and he went floor by floor and went all the way up the building. I mean, glass was busting, and new glass was being put in. Wouldn't that be amazing if God did that at River of Life? Amen. You just, you just go around, and, and God just, and he just went floor by floor. And I stood there, and I was amazed, and I was awed. And he came back down, he looked at it, and he says, fear not, for what God has start, he will finish. I woke up. And when I woke up, that anxiety and that worry fell off of my shoulders, and I knew one way or another, God is going to get this building done. It's the timing of God. And so I'm looking at this message, and I can't wait for it to happen, what God wants to do in this place. Being able to use this building, getting ministries back going again and up and running and mentoring and helping families and mentoring boys and girls and who knows, do a Christmas production. That would be awesome in this place. That would, I can just see it now. I can see it's just amazing. I, it's, I thank God for it. But number one, God, you need to know this, that God has a timetable for everything. You need to know that. God has a timetable for everything. He has a timetable for this building. We've had to move our grand opening, and right now it's January 5th. By faith, in Jesus' name, I confess it. It will be January 5th. We've got a couple other things, but that's where we're holding. Two, but God, God has a timetable for everything. Ecclesiastes says this, to everything there is a season. In a time for every purpose under heaven. Some of you might thought that was something that the birds sung. No. They plagiarized the book of Ecclesiastes. Amen. No. 
and it unfolds the whole chapter, but it reminds us that God has a season and He has a time for everything. I want you to know that today. Whatever you're worrying about, whatever you're stressing about, I want you to know if you put your faith in God, God's got this. God has a plan and a season. Galatians 4 says this, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him, sent him to buy our freedom for us because we were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father, which means daddy. But look at the very beginning. But when the right time came, why didn't Jesus come earlier? Why didn't Jesus come later? Why didn't Jesus come 1950? I don't know. I don't know. And it's okay to say, I don't know. God said, this is the right time that I have determined and chosen because God is in control. I said, God is in control. And what God says is happening is that you are here right now for a purpose. You are born right now, whenever you were born, whatever year you raised your hand, you were born somewhere in, in or out of the country, it doesn't matter, but you were born and chosen for such a time as this. I believe every person here, if you've got a pulse, you have a purpose. I look at some of the old movies that Melinda and I watch, and we'll, we'll watch the old black and whites, and sometimes we'll say, you know, Melinda loves that time in, the, in their 30s and in, in the 40s, and, and the gentlemen wore, and the men wore hats, and the ladies, you know, wore nice clothes and dresses. They were polite and kind, and, and they were, you know, it was just a different time during those eras. And, and when I was a kid, I always wanted to live during Little High Center Prairie time. You know, you get to ride a horse everywhere. That was sweet. I mean, you got to ride a horse to school. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, I just had an imagination. And then I got older, I realized it takes three weeks to make a stick of butter. <laughs> and I started saying, you know what, 7-Eleven's looking, I'm kind of happy that I'm born in 1972, amen? You have a purpose, and this is the point. There's a reason why God has you born when you were born. There is a, you're not an accident. God wasn't surprised. Ooh, you might have been surprised with the children you have. Maybe you plan to have so many, and God's given you others. I have a cousin that had a, just had a baby uh, late in, in life, and they weren't expecting it. It happens all the time, and probably many of you. You may have, someone might have said that you're an accident, but hear it from me today. You're no accident. Listen, God has a specific plan and a purpose for you today. That might have been the only thing God brought you out here to do, to encounter his presence during worship and to hear that very thing right there. Because sometimes you look at yourself and think, because my life hasn't measured up to a certain standard. Quit evaluating yourself and comparing yourself, number one, with other people. Hear the word of the Lord. He has got a purpose and a season for every single one of us. Number two, God's timetable is according to his plan. His plan. Emphasis on his plan. This is where a lot of frustration comes often because our plans don't line up with his. But the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 9, that a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. Now notice the scripture says we are responsible for having a plan. You got to get a plan. 
If you don't have a plan in life, say this to a lot of young people, if you don't have a plan in life, you're going to be like that thermometer. You will just react. You'll, you'll be a thermometer. You will respond. You'll react. Everyone's doing this, so I'm going to do this. Oh, I wore this outfit. I liked it, but everyone else didn't, so I'm going to respond to the way they have uh, affirmed me, and you're going to be a reactor for all of your life. And it's exhausting if you've ever done that. But God has called you once again to be a thermostat. What he's told you to do and what do you believe he's told you to do, you stand on it no matter what culture says, no matter what everybody else says, and you set the pace, and you walk that way. You walk according to that way. That's a plan. I got a plan to do this. You have to plan it. We have to have a plan. Ecclesiastes says a man without a plan is like the wind. You just give your your money, just flies in the wind. If you don't have a plan for your finances, and God gives us a huge plan in his finances by, by the tithe and by inviting him into our finances is by doing that. I mean, there's a plan for everything in Scripture, your health, your relationships, your marriage, raising your kids. This book has every plan known to man, your career, how to do it. The Bible says if you're looking for a wife, a man that findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. Notice he said, first of all, don't go looking for a girlfriend, looking for a wife. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. And the word find, by the way, means it's a Hebrew word. I used to preach this all the time as a youth pastor. Was, means is masa. It means that when you're traveling on a journey and you look down and find a coin, you pick up the coin and you put it in your pocket, but it doesn't change the direction of your path, of your plan, or your journey. You are to be focused in on your mission and your assignment in life, and that is to follow Jesus. And along the way, if you find a wife, it doesn't change your whole perspective and your own direction and everything you used to go after God, but now you found a wife or a husband and it's taking you the wrong way. Boy, that's good. That's good. That's good. Little marriage seminar right there for all the single and married people for five minutes. Amen. Okay, let's keep going. Plan and time, the scripture says. Frustration comes when we don't have the right plan, and we don't have the right plan until you surrender your life to Jesus, and you surrender your life to God, you get the right plan. But it is possible to have the right plan, the same plan as God does, but the time may not be the same. And there's where frustration really comes for believers. Abraham had the same plan God did. They both wanted children. Different reasons, different understanding, but they both wanted children. Everything you want as a Christian, if you wrote it down on a piece of paper, peace, joy, good relationships, healthy, everything you lay, I used to do this to our young people and youth, I would say write down everything you would look for in a husband or a man or relationship, and I guarantee you that if you look into the Word of God, that same exact list and desires is what your Heavenly Father also wants for you as well may not be in the same order. It may be out of priority. And that's where our desires got to line up with God. But the plan is the same when you start following God. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to have peace and to joy. And he wants us to have all of those things. But a lot of times the timing doesn't happen. And Abraham, he said, God said, I'm going to give you all these children. He's thinking in his mind, because in the ancient world, a lot of children was a blessing. They helped you in your business. It meant you were, you were uh, prosperous, and you wanted many children, and that was a blessing. They both wanted it. Abraham, however, did not realize that it would take him 25 years to get that blessing. When we started our church in 2002, we wanted this that next week. We hit the ground running. God's going to send revival. Hallelujah. We're going to do this for Southeast Michigan. And it didn't happen like we thought. But during, during the waiting period, how I many know oh God has a waiting room? 
And it's during that waiting room that God begins to not get things to you, but begins to build in you. You got to see that in scripture, everybody. If you've been waiting on God, then you're in good company. Joseph waited 15 years. Moses waited 40 years. Oh, Isaac waited 15 years. Abraham, 25 years. Jesus waited 30 years before he started his ministry. Do you know how many sick people Jesus saw while he was working the carpentry with his daddy? How many blinded eyes he saw walk down the little streets of Nazareth and he had all power to heal them, but he didn't? Why? The time wasn't right. Timing. And the frustration comes many times because our timing is not there. With Abraham, he went and he got impatient, so he tried to help God. How many know we try to help God? Come on, I'm going to help God. God just needs a little help. No, you know, you're going to me- that's cold for I'm about to mess everything up. Well, I'm not going nowhere. Listen, 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 Linda. Just because you're not, you, listen, just because you don't know where you're going don't mean you're going nowhere. Just because you don't know where you're going doesn't mean you're going nowhere. Abraham was going what he thought was nowhere, but God said, I got exactly the plan and a purpose for everywhere you go. My wheels are spinning past ready. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to get this thing done. I'm ready to get this thing going. Grand opening, I wanted before Thanksgiving. That was my time. But God said, there's a plan, and I don't even understand all of the plan and all of the purpose why he's making his wait. It's Christmas time. Everybody's busy, God. God says, I got a plan, and I got a purpose. And you know what? What's going to get done is going to get done when it's going to get done. Because this ain't your church, Eddie. This ain't your board church, your deacon's church, your life group leaders, your church, or your your son, or your father, or your aunt, or your uncle. It's my church. And I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If a man builds a house without, if the, what does the Bible say? The Lord don't build a house. They build it in vain. Who, who build it? Isn't it scary that you can build it without God? You can build a family. You can build all kinds of things and not have God involved in it. But I've learned and I'm learning to wait, hate waiting, to wait on God. Thank you, Jesus. I got to keep going. I'm going to be there forever. Try. Why does he do that? Because he's trying to teach us to trust him. Yes. Hear to me. Why, is, why, why, does it wait? why does everybody have to wait? Because you have to learn to trust him. Yes. Your kid in the back seat. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> and let me just say this. It will test the level of your maturity how you handle those words. Let me say that again. It will test the level of your spiritual maturity on how you respond and handle that word wait. Look at your family. The younger they are, the more impatient they are. Go on a road trip. You probably are for Christmas. They will, the, the youngest will be the one that usually says, them, are we there yet? Come on, i got to stop. But you know right where we're going. You learn, you mature as the same thing in the, th- in the seasons of God and in the spiritual, spiritual things. Number three, God's plan is always greater than ours. This is why the, wor- the weight is worth the weight. God's plan is always greater than ours. Isaiah said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are my thoughts uh, and yours different. And then it even goes on to say, as the rain comes down and waters the earth and brings forth its fruit, so does my word go forth and will not return unto me until it is accomplished what I sent it to do. Isaiah. 
His plans are greater than ours. That's why the, wor- the wait is worth the wait. Come on, tell somebody, the wait is worth the wait. Why? What do you mean by his plan is greater? Not only, not flashier uh, and, and more attractive, because sometimes his ways involves more suffering than we would think suffering would. We, we don't like suffering. But what I mean by greater is God looks at everything from an eternal perspective. As I'm studying this next series, we're getting it after our grand opening on angels and demons and, and the origin of evil. It's just fascinating to me how different God views everything. Life and death happens. I almost went a little bit about in the death a little bit and stuff in the sovereignty of God because there's scriptures that say it, but I didn't want to get off track. But you gotta, we just got to trust in God that he's got a plan and a purpose. But he sees everything from an eternal perspective. We see everything for now. God, I'm getting older. Abraham said, I'm old, I'm 99 years old. But God says, if you will wait and trust in me, it will be greater than anything you can do in a hurry. I know a couple of people that were waiting in li- and getting older in life and waiting for that Mr. Right to come into their life. And I remember a couple of them that I know personally and uh, well, one of them is Sarah Craigie. She'll tell you the story. I've even told her. I said everyone rejoiced when she met a man. She was our missionary for Chi Alpha Ministries, uh, awesome woman of God, been to our church and ministered. She used to come and minister to our young adults about living for God and being single, keeping your purity and putting standards. She, I mean, she used to set it out there. This woman has always been on fire for God. She's been at um, U of M forever, just making a difference. Now she's still there. And she's getting up. I think it was in her 20s or 30s before, 30s before she met. Mr. Wright, and here he came, awesome man of God, and uh, she waited on God, and everybody in the Michigan district was so, so happy for her because we know her story, and, and so you think as a woman, as you get older in life, and may not be able to have children, well, isn't it just like God? She gets married, and she gets pregnant with twins. I mean, you can't make that up. I mean, God was like, hey, you thought you, you wanted many children, and you're looking, but I can, and if you want more, I'll give you three. Come on, somebody. Four? Do I hear a four? Anybody want to think of four? I'm just, I know a pastor's, campus pastor's Andrew Gard down at Grace City in Lakeland, Florida. My girls attended college down there. He planted a church. Same story. They're getting older and they weren't having kids and, and they were praying and the whole church would pray for them that they would have children and, and, and you can tell that it was tough for them to struggle through it and they love God and man so much and it seemed like why didn't it happen for them? You know, again, why God? What's the time? But they kept staying faithful and persevering to God and same story. God gave them twins. Some of you are nervous right now, right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if you wait on God, God's plan is better. It's always greater than anything you can imagine. This is better and greater than building a little 7,000 addition. That plan, Frank, that we were going to Van Buren with, with all them papers, come on, this is what we're going to do, and laying them down. This, we could put three of those churches into this place. We're going to be able to have conferences that will hold three and four people greater than that. We're going to see hundreds and I would say thousands come to the Lord. I I prophesy in Jesus' name that your sons and your daughters, your grandchildren will be baptized right there underneath the stage. There's a baptism taken here in case you don't know. You're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. There's going to be miracles happen. Stan, God's going to bless the rest of your whole family. They're all coming in. Linda, they're all coming in in Jesus' name. Believe that. Get a hold of it. Win, 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 win. In God's time. In God's time and in God's way. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody today. 
I'm trying to help us what? Cooperate with God's time. God has a different, God doesn't give us, number four, the details to his plan or time. Come on, somebody. Anybody say amen to that? He doesn't always give us the details. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Come on, say amen to that. Sometimes you're like me saying, God, what are you doing? I don't understand. And Jesus said this, and I'm going to start closing. He says this in Acts 1.6. They asked Jesus about his times and his seasons, and he said this, it is not for you to know the times nor the seasons that the Father, the times or dates that your Father has set by what? His own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Let me start closing with that. I said start closing. He, they were saying, God, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? God says, it's not for you to know when I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to leave you high and dry. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit that will give you power. Power to what? Power to endure the seasons of when you don't know and don't understand. I thought the Holy Spirit was just to speak in tongues. That's just a very, very, in nowhere in Scripture does Jesus say, go wait for the power so you can speak in tongues. That is what we have celebrated and made more important than the power and the boldness to live for God on a Friday night. We have put that in a snapshot of religion and bowed down to it and said that is the definition of Pentecost. It is not. Pentecost was not given to us to have a Pentecost picnic on Sunday. It is meant to empower you to overcome life's sins and doubts and fears and to overcome it. To stand in the face of your family and your naysayers and your community and say, I'm going to live for God. If you're 16, you've got the power of the Holy Ghost to live for God at 16 that you can't do without the power of the Holy Spirit. And God, I don't understand your timing. He said, I know you're not going to understand your timing, so I've given you the power to do it. The most important factor to succeed is perseverance. It's not gifting, it's not talent, it's not money, it's not being brilliant. Those are all great factors, but hear me, I back it up with Scripture. The most important factor for you and I to succeed is to learn perseverance. Isn't it amazing in Romans, suffering brings perseverance, and perseverance develops character, character develops hope. That Scripture will blow your mind if you study it out. Then you start understanding why suffering has to happen because your faith only grows when it's tested. And the goal of God is not to have you go through something. It's for you to become something greater and better and for you to last. And the only way for you and I to last and to persevere, unfortunately, is to go through trials. So James says, count it all joy when you go through trials of your faith because it's perfected and it's developing your character. Look at the process of water. If you put water on a pot, in, uh, in a pot and on a stove, you turn it on. And if you're impatient, you'll pull it off and you'll just have warm water. Warm water is good if you just want to wash your face. But if you learn to have perseverance and you leave that kettle on there just a little bit longer, that water will soon begin to boil. And when that water is boiling hot, then you can make soup. 
and something delicious. But let me tell you that the power of the Holy Spirit isn't just for you to stop when water is lukewarm or when it's just to boil. If you will just stand the pressure until it's almost unbearable, until it's 212 degrees, that water then begins to turn to steam. And steam can power a locomotive. Steam can move a mighty ship. Steel can, it can cut through steel. Steam is the greatest thing you've ever experienced when it comes to water. But it is only developed through perseverance of heat and fire. So if you're having a lukewarm life right now, let me encourage you to stay on the pot just a little bit longer. (sighs) Lastly, God is never in a hurry and is never late. God looks at time totally different. In the book of Peter, God says this. Peter says this. To God, one day of ours, this will blow your mind, is a thousand years to God. Jesus came 2,000 years ago. What do you mean he's coming back? Peter said in the last days, people are going to say that. They're going to say, where's this Jesus? We've been waiting. We've been waiting. Some of us have been waiting, what, 40 years? Some of us have been waiting for 50 years, 60 years. Peter says, let me correct your perspective. To God, you've waited about one minute. There's an old joke that says, to God, our million dollars is just a penny to him. And a thousand years is just a day. So a man said, God, let me just have one of your pennies. He said, okay, just wait one minute. (laughs) Come on, let's stand. God is never late. He's never in a hurry. The birth of Jesus Christ happened exactly when he said it was going to happen. He's been prophesying it and telling people the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. Jesus is the most impactful person, if I could say that in proper English, but I'm going with it, in human history. But I would say this, he's also the most misunderstood. Jesus. They didn't understand him when he came. They thought he was going to overthrow Rome. He was going to be born in royalty. He was going to do this. They totally missed it. The theologians of their day missed it. But instead, some ordinary, regular, everyday carpenters, fishermen, tax collector, some has called them the dirty dozen. One was even a traitor, which he traded and betrayed Christ because he didn't understand God's timing. He thought Jesus was going to overthrow Rome. It didn't, Jesus didn't work as fast as he thought and didn't want it. he didn't do what he wanted to do, so he betrayed Christ all because of the timing. Think about that. But to those that received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And last scripture is this. That's why now is the time of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. The time to get saved and the time to live for God is now. God has chosen River of Life, our church, for this season to arise and shine. For your time has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I'm telling you, when we get settled into this place, and God begins to get us, when we begin to flow and do what we want to do, and ministry happens, that anointing is going to flow, God's going to do it. I'm telling you, he's already doing it. He's already done it. And he's going to do what what you're waiting on in your life. It's in God's timing. Heavenly, Heavenly Father, come on, let's. We just thank you today. 
for this service, this time together in your name, your word, your presence. Here is so rich. And Father, there's many people here in different seasons of life right now. And I pray that, God, you have spoken to every person here from this message, from this service today. I know you have, because we have honored you and given you permission, and it is all your word. You said it never returns void, so I know it has went forth, and it's doing what it said it would accomplish to do. In Jesus' name. I'm going to open up these altars. We're going to sing one more song and worship one more time. I ask you that you don't leave. Altar workers, won't you come up? If you need prayer, I want to encourage you to come up and to get prayer. You're going to go see a doctor this week. You've got a, someone go, uh, needing some healing in your family. You can stand in for them. You want to give your life to Christ. You need prayer for anything. The altars are open. You come and pray at the altar, or you can come and have one of the altar workers pray with you. But we're going to do this one more song. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.